the hypocrisy of the far left. Caution. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston podcast. No masks in sight. San Francisco mayor, London Breed, dances and poses for photos at a nightclub in San Francisco, ignoring her own indoor mask mandate. Did you see the videos? Did you see the clips of her defending herself? Listen to this. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit and I wasn't thinking about a mask. She was feeling the spirit. She wasn't thinking about a mask. That's what she says defiant uh, to reporters who caught her in a nightclub dancing, not wearing a mask. Of course, she's the mayor of San Francisco, and they have the mask mandate for all indoor venues. You have to be sitting down with a drink or a food in front of you, okay, and then you can have your mask off. And she was found dancing. She's posing for photos the whole night. Nobody is wearing a mask. And she points it out. I mean, she says nobody was wearing a mask. So how do you explain the hypocrisy of the left when it comes to masks, when it comes to vaccine mandates, when it comes to to everything? And of course, it's a larger issue, the hypocrisy of politicians in general. True. But something about the left in particular, especially right now during this pandemic, they just reek of hypocrisy. And you got the, the mayor and she's trying to play it cool. Like, oh, we don't need the, uh, at one point she says, the mask police, right? Uh, And you know what? It's true. Uh, She's right. We don't need the mask police. And you should be able to have a good time and make your own decisions. And, And so, but she's playing both sides, right? I mean, how can she have it both ways? She makes the law that you have to wear a mask indoors And then she violates the law and tries to act like one of the cool kids. You know, really, she tries to act like a patriot saying, oh, we're just having fun and we don't need to be told what's safe. We know what's safe. Listen, listen to her. uh, Listen to this clip. She goes on further. But don't feel as though you have to be micromanaged about mass wearing. Like, we don't need the fun police to come in and try and micromanage and tell us what we should or shouldn't be doing. We know what we need to do to protect ourselves. Exactly. We know what we need to be doing to protect ourselves. So it sounds like uh, she's on our side, actually. She gets it. Logic and reason. But, of course, if you look at the mandates and you look at actually what they're saying, not what they're doing. Then the hypocrisy is just through the roof. Of course, Gavin Newsom early on in the pandemic was caught eating at the French Laundry, a a hip posh restaurant, right? Maskless. When everybody was told it was too dangerous to eat indoors. There he is with celebrities eating maskless. Now he apologized and uh, London breed though is defiant. And I think uh, she has a point. I just wish that the laws of her city and her county reflected her own uh, actions, right? I mean, you should be able to have a choice to go to a nightclub and to party the night away and not have to worry 
about putting up your mask in between sips or in between meals and this kind of thing. But isn't it arbitrary then? Because it's not enforced. Why? When? Well, for, you know, rich people or connected people and everybody else it's enforced. Overregulation, unintended consequences. And she's not thinking it through. She's not thinking about how it could affect people outside of the well-connected elite club that she's now a part of the political class, uh, the well-connected class. They don't have to worry about mandates. They can just skirt around them. I think that's how you explain the hypocrisy. But how do you explain it? How do you explain the hypocrisy of the far left when it comes to mandates? Is there any explanation? Uh, Could you explain it at all? So you have um, Black Lives Matter activists protesting in New York City over the vaccine mandates. This is a a developing story now because, of course, the Black Lives Matter uh, contingent, far left extremists, you know, zealots, you'd normally think of them, uh, the BLM as being zealots. Uh, And yet they're protesting the vaccine mandates in New York City. And so it looks like we've aligned up with the BLM when it comes to vaccine mandates. I want you to listen to this clip. This is the co-founder of BLM in New York City. I apologize. The clip, it's a little bit hard to make out, but listen to this. Vaccine mandates. Listen, vaccine is a choice. Okay? This is a choice. You shouldn't exclude people from everyday activities because they choose not to engage in something they have every reason to doubt. The government's story on the vaccines have changed every one to two months since Donald Trump. The, the vaccines have had effects that, that, that people come out and say, oh, well, you know, that never happens. But they do happen. People die. Joe Biden said that folks wouldn't be hospitalized. People are being hospitalized and dying. We, as black people, have every reason not to trust the vaccines. But yet again, I'm not telling you not to get it. I'm just saying you should have a choice. You should have a choice. That's the co-founder of BLM in New York City. And he's saying you should have a choice. And part of the uh, uh, protests over there is the idea that the vaccine cards, you know, showing proof that you've been vaccinated can be used as discrimination against black people. And I would argue it could be used as discrimination against anyone, really. Couldn't they use it uh, to discriminate against, uh, let's say, uh, they think you're a Trump supporter. So they say, show your vaccine card. Oh, you don't you don't have it. Okay, well, no Trump supporters in our venue. And it could be used as a way to discriminate against just anybody you don't like. Get them to show your vaccine card. But if you like the person or if you're the mayor of you know, London Breed, mayor of San Francisco, then you don't need to show your vaccine card. Just come on in, right? If you're a celebrity, you don't need to show your vaccine card. We wouldn't dare uh, risk offending a, a connected person. But if it's just Joe Bob off the street, and maybe we don't like the way Joe Bob looks for whatever reason, then we say, show your vaccine card. I want to see your vaccine card. Maybe it's, you know, subconscious. It could be. I mean, what do you think? Most people, I think, in this country are not racist. They don't want to discriminate. They want to do the right thing. They want to be good people. Most people in this country and probably throughout the world, 
right? But especially in America, because we're so blessed in this country. We don't have all these pressures. We're just allowed to be our free individual selves. And in that kind of environment, most of us just try to do the right thing. You know, there's bad apples. Yeah. But that being said, uh, there's a lot that goes on. You know, you, you, you don't even know why you don't like this person, but you don't want them to come into your club and you say, show me your vaccine. I mean, so it can be used as a, a, a way to discriminate against people, uh, even in a society that's not necessarily racist or what have you, you could just have it used unintended consequences. I actually think this guy's making a great point. It's a libertarian point that it's your own choice. We have reason to doubt the vaccine uh, efficiency, the efficacy of the vaccine and the side effects, given what we know now, we've been lied to. We've been lied to yet and yet again. So, of course, you're not going to be completely trusting. That would make you an imbecile if you were completely trusting. Now, are you vaccinated? Have you taken um, that assessment for yourself? Because tr there's no good option here. Uh, you could lock yourself indoors never go outside again, and then maybe you would live to be, uh, you know, a super old person, 200 years old, because you never left your house. What kind of life is that? Or you could be, you know, the, the party animal type, and you just go unvaccinated, high, you know, right in the, the heat of, uh, of a nightclub or whatever, and dance the night away, and don't worry about it. Uh, in a city that has an exploding um, growth rate, you know, of, of coronavirus, and you could just be oblivious to the whole thing and take you take your chances, right? I mean, it's your choice, it's your life. And this whole argument that we have to upend our entire society, uh, it it made sense, you know, when they scared us about the hospitals being overrun. Yeah, of course, okay, I get that. There's a, and that's, and they're trying to bring that back too. You know, they're trying to scare you with the hospitals being overrun. Well, the hospitals are controlled by private corporations. Not the, you know, it's not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. But they're not having extra beds if they don't need them. Over the years, the beds at hospitals have been diminished. Hospital capacity has diminished. It's a cost saving thing. They don't want to, you know, pay for beds that they don't need. And they're all run by private corporations, the hospitals are. So, you know, if you want more hospital beds, you just got to pay for it. And the whole idea that the seniors are dying, the old people are dying, you know, well, that the old people were the first ones to get vaccinated. And now you look at the, the hospitalization rates and the people dying. And it's not really the old people anymore. The old people got the vaccine early on, and they're not the big risk takers anyway. So this whole idea that we all have to suffer to save grandma doesn't make sense anymore. That's not logical. What are we doing? They want to scare you into thinking your kids are going to get sick. But the, uh, the hypocrisy of the left, how do you explain it? How do you explain uh, San Francisco Mayor London Breed playing both sides of the coin on this one 
acting like, uh, you know, you just want to have fun and I'm not thinking about masks and I'm not one of those people. Well, at the same time, you know, she has a mandate in her city and she's the mayor. She could, if she really believes that, why not end the mask mandate indoors and just make it optional? Hey, if you want to wear a mask indoors, do it. If you don't want to wear a mask indoors, fine. And what's this whole vaccine pass? You know, isn't that the most hypocritical thing at all? Because how many times is, is a San Francisco mayor going to show her vaccine card? Is anybody going to ask for it? Or if Serena Williams walks through or Nicki Minaj or any one of the celebrities at a, at a gala event, are they going to be required to show their vaccine card? No. Oh, but their helpers will be. Oh, but all their assistants will be required to show their vaccine card. Do you believe vaccine mandates could be used as discrimination? Do you believe in the hypocrisy of the far left? Uh, what do you think? I want to go back to uh, California, and I know we're spending a lot of time in California in this podcast episode because uh, there's the end of single-family housing in California. You heard me. And um, you're like, what was he talking about? The suburbs of California. Newsom just signed a controversial bill and he waited. He waited until he won the recall election. Okay. Because it was so controversial. It may have put Elder over the top. And this is a, a bill that's aimed at reducing single family housing in California. Some people have said it will end Single-family houses in California. You know, just like a regular house. Most people want to live with their families in a, in a regular, you know, single-family house. They don't want to live in a little apartment. They don't have to. So SB9, it's a California bill, allows property owners to build duplexes on their single-family lot, regardless of the local zoning laws and without approval of local authorities. So this is what SB9 does, and it was signed into law. And of course, like the day after Newsom won re-election, or, or defeated the recall, rather, uh, it was signed into law. And I think it's great. I think this is great. Because you got all those wealthy suburbs, right, that voted to keep Newsom in office. And they said, oh, they, you know, elders so evil and so afraid of the crazy elder. You know, all these tropes used against African-Americans throughout American uh, politics, right? Crazy black man and, you know, uh, 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 hates women, or, you know. All, these have been used against African-Americans to paint a picture of African-Americans as, uh, you know, as something that's, a person that's crazy and, and trying to create this image and they, and then put elder in that stereotype and it's wrong. And it, it, again, it, it's hypocrisy of the left of the people that say they champion the, the minorities and they champion black people. And yet they only champion minorities and black people when they believe exactly what they believe. And, and that is so hypocritical. If they, if they believe in supporting people of color, black people or minorities, and it shouldn't matter what those people believe, they should be elevated uh, because they have a, a different skin color. That's what the progressives believe, that you should just, you know, 
look at people based on their skin color and uh and that should count for a vote you know that should give you points if you're a woman you get extra points if you're a minority you get extra points you know of course uh, elder you know didn't fit into what they believe is a good african-american and so and so they paint them as crazy and so I think they get exactly what they deserve. Do you think that Californians get what they deserve? And I, I'm a Californian, okay? And I grew up in Berserkly. And do Californians get what they deserve here? If single-family housing disappears, and next to all these nice houses, pop-up duplexes, and you can't go anywhere, and there's nowhere for them to go, isn't that what they get? Isn't that what Californians deserve? Because they voted... For this guy, this shiny, slick, trust fund kid who never accomplished anything of his own in his own life. And they say they're progressive and they say they support, you know, black people and brown people and people of color and, and all of this and that. And then they elect the, you know, the plain vanilla Joe. Nothing wrong with that. It's just hypocritical, especially when you have elder, what would be the first African-American governorship of California. And they are racist against him, saying he's, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, crazy and hates women and, and, and this and that. It's wrong. And what do you think? Is this another example of the left being hypocritical when it comes to critical race theory uh, and not even abiding by the tenets of critical race theory, if there even are? Them? I'm not going to pretend that I've studied it or, or know what I'm, you know, can explain the lunacy of looking at the whole world through the lens of race. I don't think that's, you know, healthy. Of course, we know the far left, they tend to be neurotic and study after study after study confirms this, that actually the brain of a left wing individual on average tends to be more neurotic than the brain of conservative individual. Why? I don't know. Is it cause and effect? I mean, does the fact that becoming, being a liberal or being a leftist makes you crazy? Or do crazy people just think uh, on in terms of the left-wing ideas? Well, I don't know. But I do know that SB9 is exactly what Californians deserve, the ones at least that voted for Newsom uh, and to defeat Elder. I hope that they get a nice little duplex that pops up right next to their, you know, a really uh, nice house with the uh, BLM sign in the window. I hope that they get the duplex that pops up right next to them. I really do. So uh, COVID-19, I want to talk about COVID-19 some more. It looks like COVID-19 and 9-11, two of the biggest government power grabs in uh, modern day history, you'd have to go back to World War II. And and both of these uh, are, were supposed to be temporary. COVID-19, temporary emergency powers. 9-11, the Patriot Act, temporary, right? And just used against terrorists. It's not going to be used against you. Well, of course, when the government takes power, they don't give it back. They hold on to it and they claim more. And that's exactly what happened after 9-11. And they used the Patriot Act. They used that to go after Americans. 
That's what they're doing today. And with COVID-19, the Constitution has essentially been suspended, right? Because with the pandemic, you have emergency powers. They can do anything. They can get away with anything. They just say it's due to the pandemic, to the emergency powers. And because of that, they want the pandemic to continue forever. It's always an emergency. If it's not now, it's the next one. We have to remain vigilant always. We can't, we don't have time, right, for the pesky constitution when we have things like pandemics. That's what we have to fight. Don't you agree? We have to fight against that notion of an endless pandemic, endless government power, uh, endless suspension of the law of the land. And that's what I'm most afraid of when people talk about the need to mask up forever, how this is the new normal and you got to mask up forever. And the talk about vaccines, you know, booster shots, never ending booster shots and vaccine cards. Don't you realize, and I know you do, but doesn't the left, and maybe you're a Democrat listening, I don't know, I have a wide audience. This leads to a never ending emergency power authorization where the Constitution suspended and the president or the governor or your mayor can do anything they want and they can just say oh it's an emergency or if it wasn't an emergency we wouldn't all be wearing masks would we so of course this is never going to go away just like uh, terrorism never will go away if well if it does then you have to look at uh, the domestic terrorists right There's always another onion layer to peel back when it comes to the government control over you. And there'll always be another reason why they can do it and they need to do it. Unless you stand up and you stand up and you say enough is enough. This is a republic. We have laws and the hospitals aren't being overrun and the old people aren't dropping dead. And the death rate uh, from COVID-19 is probably lower than the side effects that people are getting from the vaccine. And I'm not saying don't take the vaccine. I took the vaccine. But I'm, I'm saying there's a real calculated risk on both sides. There's no good things right now when it comes to what do you do? How do you live your life? Uh, I think you just got to realize that it's a dangerous thing to live before COVID-19 and after. And you should always take precautions. I mean, what kind of precautions do you take? I mean, I'm sure you probably washed your hands before COVID-19. It didn't take you a pandemic to tell you that you needed to wash your hands to stay, you know? I mean, so we all have a personal bubble. I never liked it when people got too close to me. I don't like when people, you know, sitting in a in a movie theater and, and you feel someone breathing on you. I never liked that. I would move and sit somewhere else. And we all have our different ideas of like, you know, OCD and, you know, I don't want to, you know, touch that. And, and, and those, you know, that's fine. That's fine. But you don't start, 
you know, stop living your life because you're, you're afraid. And that's no way to live. And when you start going into that, have you ever gotten to that kind of situation where you're afraid to leave the house? That's where they want you. That's where they want you to feel afraid. Afraid to leave your house. Afraid to live your life. That's what they want you to feel. The government wants you to feel that way. And then, of course, they get caught. They get caught, right? Like London Breed, doing her own thing, ignoring the mask mandate. Now, of course, it's, oh, no, no, no. I don't believe in that stuff. I'm just like you. Don't worry. I'm just like you. I just like to have a good time. But you're the one enforcing the mask mandate. You can't play both sides. So is, co- is COVID-19 the biggest government power grab since 9-11? That's the question. That's what I want to ask. Is COVID-19 the biggest government power grab since 9-11? And I believe it is. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're ever going to go back to normal unless we demand it. And we're going to need to demand it to go back to the laws of the land, to the United States Constitution, to rein in these authoritarian leaders that aren't acting like elected representatives. They're acting like authoritarian rulers. Enough is enough. You know, liberals used to believe in tolerance. In fact, if you look up the liberal in the dictionary, I mean, one of the first definitions is going to find tolerance. And isn't that, isn't that kind of what we all are striving for? At least I am here on the Dan Kingston podcast is tolerance over zealotry. See, the zealots scream the loudest. They drown out everybody else. Most of us are just logical, at least we try to be. Don't you try to be logical, practical-minded about your life and problems and problem-solving? Or, or do you fall back on zealotry and ideology and you, know, you, don't, you, know, you don't have to think about it because you already know? Of course, wise people know that they don't know. You, you really don't know think you do you can create a shortcut which is what an ideology is into knowing but you know the greatest way to look at something is fresh from a new lens not through the lens of ideology you want to look at the problem through the lens of you know practicality logic looking at it from a fresh perspective of course liberals used to believe in tolerance so what changed what happened now it's like the opposite of that. You can't even talk to a liberal about anything that if they if it's not what they believe, you know, then they they get really angry, don't they? Now, I'm not talking about a moderate. I'm talking about the far left. You can't talk to somebody on the far left because they become zealots. I think it's led really from AOC and the squad. That's what really changed. And it seemed to be in reaction to Donald Trump that, you know, happened during the midterms. Um, and then the squad came to power and really took control of the Democrat Party. And I think even before that, there was this zealotry in the Democrat Party, but really it took over to where there is no tolerance left on the Democrat side. Uh, and it's all zealotry. And I think it really could be tied to the squad taking control of the Democrat Party. Now, 
there are people on the far left that are logical, that are practical. It's true. I, I really do believe that. And the reason I say that is because, you know, you, you do meet people that are willing to listen. And if, if they listen and they really are willing to engage, then that is tolerance. And so I'm okay, actually, with people on the far left, like a Bernie Sanders type. If you, if you listen to Bernie Sanders, he does really make an effort to understand what's going on in the country from a logical perspective. And maybe you don't agree with him, but he's willing to listen to you. And so I actually respect that. I have a problem with zealots on the right or the left. People that know beyond a doubt what they know. They, they don't realize how much they don't know. And, and that's where tolerance comes in. Also, tolerance is so hard. And I think isn't the best way to tolerate or to have tolerance is just to love. I mean, you, you get to love. If you hate somebody, you can't tolerate them. If you love somebody, you're going to have more tolerance. And it comes naturally out of love. So instead of focusing on tolerance, all of us, and especially the zealots and the far left liberals who lost sight of it, should focus more on love. They're so angry and they're so hateful on the left. And what they need to do is look back on, on love. And remember when the hippie movement was all about like uh, love and this kind of thing. And if you find somebody truly full of love in their heart, they're going to be tolerant on the left or the right. And you're going to be able to talk to them because they're going to want to understand you. That's what we need uh, to get back to and drown out the, the zealots instead of the zealots drowning out us. Kingston country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston podcast. 